Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I am your host, Mark Shapiro. First of all, a thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. My guest in this episode is Dr. Syed Tabetabai. Dr. Tabetabai is a nephrologist. He is a specialist in kidney medicine in San Antonio, Texas, and he, he is a master of the art of the narrative Twitter thread. If you follow him on Twitter at the real Dr. T, you will know what I'm talking about. He is simply extraordinary. He joins us in a very special episode. This is one of four episodes we're doing on Explore the Space to tie up this extraordinary year 2020. And Syed and I get into some really important topics, solitude, anger, empathy, some some core emotions that I think a lot of us are working on and working through after all that has transpired and looking into a future where we know there will be a great deal more to transpire, bringing a wonderful physician and an absolutely superb writer of the human experience on the show is a great place to start this. And we're going to have three more amazing episodes to wrap up the year. I will keep the guests' names under wraps for now, but just know it's going to be wonderful. We kick it off strong with Dr. Tibetabai, and I think you're going to absolutely love listening to him. Before we get to the conversation, just want to remind all of you, please do check out the archive of Explore the Space podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. If you want to send me a Hanukkah present. That would be awesome. You can leave me a rating and a review for Explore the Space on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you like to download your shows. Would very much appreciate it. It really does help the show out. You can find me on social media and Twitter at ETS Show. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. I'm looking forward to wrapping up this year. I'm also looking forward to setting the stage for 2021. Starting off this process, couldn't think of a better person, the bard of med Twitter, the bard of Twitter. So without further ado, Dr. Syed Tabetabai. Syed, welcome to Explore the Space podcast. I am happy you are here. Mark, I'm so honored to be here. Uh, seriously, I know the caliber of your guests and it's a privilege. This has been a long time in coming. We've been circling each other forever. Uh, <laughs> it feels like for like three years and we kept coming up with the reasons not to. But this is part of the wrapping up of the year 2020. And so what we're looking to do is just get some situational awareness, catch our breath, reflect a little bit, 
laugh, grieve, all of those sorts of things, maybe dare to look beyond, you know, the elevator doors and look up a little bit. So that's kind of what we're going to do. And, and you're going to help, you're going to help us do that over the last parts of the year 2020. Does that sound all right? Sounds like a plan. It sounds like a plan. I think what I want to ask you first because I've read everything you've written for public consumption. Some of them I've read to actually, that's not true. I won't read the ones where you talk about dogs. <laughs> I hear you. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Everything else I've read, some of them I've read multiple uh-huh. times. Usually uh-huh. when you write, the majority of them, and this is my impression, is that they look back in time and then they bring us up to the current time. Sometimes you'll do a little bit of experimental music and you'll take us on a journey into the future, but I feel like that's a little more rare. Is your mm-hmm. natural instinct to not be sort of forward facing and to not look too far ahead? That's a great question. Yeah, I, I think the the nature of of my writing is I like to connect dots and I like to uh, take people on a journey with me through the thread where um, the reader is also sort of connecting the dots as they go. And one of those themes is repetition. Oftentimes I'll repeat a tweet multiple times in a thread or maybe once or twice. And the reader realizes that where we started at the beginning of the thread was actually the middle of something uh, or the past. And, and you're right. I look back to the past a lot because I feel like the lessons of the past uh, are, are often ignored. And I, and I think that connections to the past and connections to memory and, and things like that often inform what we do to, in, the, in the future. You know, a lot of what happened in 2020 was not novel to the human experience by any means. Right. We've uh, we've been here before. And um, a lot of the responses were not novel either. I mean, they're responses that we've seen before. And, and a lot of the people we follow on Twitter um, uh, are, are historians. A lot of the people I love to follow are historians for that reason is um, a lot of times their career in a way is looking back, but they're more better equipped than any of us to look forward because they know where this is going. So I'm a historian by training. So that's why we're friends, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Here's the question then. Is it a, is it an act of courage and bravery right now to dare to look forward? Oh man, that's a tough question. Uh, I I think it is in a way, you know, here in, in, I'm talking to you right now from San Antonio, Texas, here in San Antonio, our hospitals are getting, uh, you know, pretty full again. Our, 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 uh, we're kind of in the precipice a little bit. If you look at the numbers here, uh, ICUs are full. The hospitals I work at, all our COVID units are back up and running again and, and getting full. And it's so hard in this environment to look forward. And, and, and you know, I know we're getting the vaccinations and, and hope is, is palpable and real, but it is an act of courage, I think, to, to envision a, a world beyond where we are right now. Um, I think the mentality of one day at a time is so drilled that you're almost scared to think that, man, you know, they're, uh, in, in a couple of months, what's, what, what are things going to be like? So I, I think you're absolutely right. And then when we're doing the exercise around daring to look forward, there's a lot of different roads you can look at. Like it's like a 12 lane freeway. All of them are on fire and there's a lightning (laughs) storm and there's giant puddles and the bridges are out on all of them. Um, I think that's a great metaphor. Did you like that? (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. I think Um, if we're going to try to drive down one of these lanes, the one that I want to reflect on with you, because you and I talk about this and we text about this, the one that I think you and I can look at a little bit is where is our profession? When we look Um, forward for the profession of medicine, and I listed you a couple of different things that could happen to that lane of traffic, where is medicine right now? 
Uh, you're right. We've talked about this a lot. In fact, I actually text you, I think, more than any other person in my uh, <laughs> in my contact list about about this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're not. We're in a tough place, man. And when you look at medicine right now, it, it's in a it's a complex, it's a difficult place. I think medicine, like so many things in our society, is facing a bit of a reckoning right now. Right? There's the whole. Uh, you know, the healthcare heroes aspect of it, where medicine has been at the front lines kind of fighting this COVID thing. Then there's a whole aspect of medicine and politics and medicine is a mouthpiece for political views or political agendas. And we've seen, you know, certain people with with all with certain credentials out there representing medicine, uh, espousing things that are not scientifically true, you know, and not backed by the data. And, uh, you know, medicine in, in terms of systemic racism in medicine and structural racism in the history of medicine. And even now, like literally earlier today, I was having a conversation on Twitter about, uh, you know, the, the photo op of the first patient to receive the vaccine and how that looked for black patients in the past, you know, who, who have the, the, these memories of uh, things like the Tuskegee experiments, et cetera. And there's there's so much going on in medicine right now. I think we're really in a unique place. It's easy to get down when you think about it, because a lot of it seems so entrenched. And I think the culture of medicine has historically been one that's resistant to change. But then again, I also follow a lot of medical students on Twitter, you know, and I follow a lot of young physicians on Twitter and I look at the future of medicine. And and that's at one place where I know I'm down. A lot of things we're going to talk about, I'm going to be down on. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm upbeat about the future of medicine because of these people and because of the people who are coming through. And I think medicine is becoming, I, I hope, you know, more diverse and more open and more better equipped to tackle the problems that we're facing now because I don't know that we are. I don't know that the current group of us <laughs> is is really equipped to, to be where we are at in terms of a lot of the these different issues that aren't necessarily science. You know, they're kind of more social. So here's where I, I sit with that. I think that on balance, you're, you're, you and I are in agreement, but I will go a step further. I think the, the, the profession that you and I joined in this last year, and I'm not trying to sound hyperbolic or to say something that's kind of like clickbait. I think it died this year. I think this was it. And I think that right. in that death is opportunity. It's not something that we mourn. It's just gone. And now we have to look to where, where do things feel like we can do better? Where do things feel aspirational? Where do things feel like we can serve? Where do things feel like we can stand up for ourselves? I think that in that demise, in that passing of this notion of medicine that existed in this country for generations, in that demise, first of all, acknowledging that, like, I think I may have even texted you about this. When that just kind of clicked for me, I actually felt better because I felt like mm -hmm. we were no longer trying to do something that was futile and we can just move into other spaces with our energy. And right. I think that that's how, if where I look forward, it's that I'm not, uh, we will learn from the past in medicine and that's how we'll get better, but it's, it's gone. It's, it's gone. All the good, all the bad, it's gone now. And the rest of our careers are going to be molding and reshaping. And I think the fuel for it, you nailed it. It's going to be the generations that are coming up behind us that are educating us fast on how we need to do better, be more accountable, be more responsive, be more agile, aggressive, be better advocates, all those things. We're all smart, right? We're all competent clinicians, but it's being the whole person so that this profession is what it needs to be for the 21st century. 
Right. Uh, yeah, I think you nailed it. There's there's going to be the before, and, and now we're going to move into the after. And uh, you're right. It's, going to, it's a brave new world. So I think this is going to be our theme. We've said courage three times. I think it was me. I think you've said brave twice now. Maybe it was just the one. But sure. <laughs> like, we're going to have to gird ourselves for this. This is going to be hard. When you think uh, your colleagues, your friends in and out of medicine, what is the appetite for this kind of grand reshaping? Uh, oh, boy. Um, you know, I think right now uh, the appetite for a grand reshaping is it, it's varied. It, it depends on what my, you know, which colleagues we're talking about. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> that was, a, that a, was a, nicely a, put. That was <laughs> right, right. I have no appetite for anything, but yeah, getting through this, yeah. you know, getting through this pandemic. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think, I think there are visionaries. I think there are leaders. I think there is an appetite for change. I think, there's definitely an appetite for uh, taking charge and taking control and taking ownership and agency of the direction of our profession. You know, I, I think now this year, more than any year I can remember, there's been more sort of discussion about paradigm shifts, whether it's the way we do, you know, traditional things like certification, maintenance of certification, board exams, medical school applications, you know, all these different processes that form kind of the foundation for our medical education system and things like that and, and, and physicians in politics and physicians speaking out about social issues and stuff like that. I, I think the appetite's there and uh, I think you're right. I think uh, that's where these, this is going. I think you're right. I think that we're in a place where like every rock is getting flipped, you know, the, whether it's admissions and test taking and Whatever it is, everything is getting some light shown on it, which expands the the depth and the breadth of the, the you know the ocean we have to boil. But that's okay. And then we we kind of look at you as at least I, I look at you as one of the people who will tell the stories and define the prisms through which we look at a lot of this stuff. Have you thought about? in your writing on Twitter or otherwise, how you're going to start to assemble some of this storytelling, some of this rock flipping, some of this new challenge. Right. Uh, Cause you have a lot of free time, Syed. I know you're chilling. Yeah, you're, you're good. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, yeah, I'm just relaxing uh, <laughs> just all day yeah. sitting here thinking what to write. <laughs> uh, that, boy, you know, I listen to your podcast, Mark, and I hear you ask guests these amazing questions and to be on the receiving end of them is an experience. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> good. You know, a lot of my stories, ironically, you know, even though I write, science fiction from time to time and i write about oh my god your sci-fi is so good i love (laughs) i love that one you know a a lot of my stories are really about the things that don't change interestingly uh you know a, a lot of them are humanistic and about connection and about things that 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 we all recognize no matter what specialty we're in no matter what level of training we're in because we recognize them as human beings right not not just as as clinicians but on a human level but you're right i do write about thematic things sometimes i've written about you know the concept of burnout and uh being a cog in the machine you know i we took part in 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 uh, think you and I together, and, and several Twitter accounts took part in sharing the mic initiatives and things like that. And I think going forward, um, I may get a little more topical. I actually have a thread I'm working on right now, 
which is actually more kind of self-therapy than any thread I've written in a long time. Because I'm still grappling with how I feel at this moment in time with the vaccine right around the corner and and how we handled COVID-19 and how we're handling it still and how society reacted and how do I feel about all this? And it's I think it's me trying to process the paradigm shift. I think I'm not quite at the same point that you've, you've come to, Mark, where you said, it's over, <laughs> you know, and you've moved past that already. I think I, I hear you, but some part of me is still clinging to something else. And I think that's where this thread is gonna end up. But um, I do see myself writing about where we're going um, and collaborating with people more. That's something I've always wanted to do actually, is collaborate with people in threads. It's kind of hard to do because we're all so busy and to, to, to write collaboratively with somebody is a, is a tough thing to coordinate on Twitter. But that's another thing I want to do going forward. It's so funny that you mentioned that because on my at the real Dr. T wish list, it's Mm -hmm. like an annotated thread where it's your words and like an illustration that goes with each one or something to that. (laughs) Those are like, I'll lose my mind. Like you and Grace Ferris and then you and Mike Natter. I mean, that'd be the, it'd be bananas. It'd be incredible. Uh, so yeah, working with somebody to, to, to do some, um, artwork and, and, and illustration for one of my threads, but that's a dream, man. That's a dream right yeah. there to do some, something multimedia. That'd be amazing. It's interesting though. Like when we look at our list of challenges, it's immense. It, it, it's immense. When we look at our list of resources to tackle all of that, I think right now it feels like it's at like a really low ebb. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm heartened by, and I'm really curious to get your perspective. Again, I don't like platitudes. I don't like hyperbole. It's not very helpful. And I try not to be maudlin, but I think if anything, I'll slip into that space and, and sound that way. One of the tools that we have is the way we all have been able to connect via social media, not just to share things on Twitter, but like really meaningful connections behind the scenes where we work and collaborate and counsel. You and I have never met. We have not met. I know what you look like, and certainly I know what you sound like. You're my friend. I count you as a friend in my life. I have texted you on things that I would not put on Twitter because I count you as friend now. We've had phone conversations. These things don't happen in a vacuum. I think it's happening all across our profession. I think that is a real asset. Right. You're right. It's been amazing. Uh, I don't know that COVID-19, the pandemic, I would be able to tolerate it anywhere near the level I was able to because of these bonds you're talking about, these friendships. Um, the community is really pretty incredible. You know, I, I know there's a big dichotomy on social media between the toxic, you know, cesspool part of it and then this amazing part of it that elevates discussion and discourse and educates and connects. And, uh, you know, we got to meet someday, man, you and me <laughs> no, someday. I, know. I mean, I met, uh, I met, uh, Serafina Nance. I know that you follow her, uh, yeah. and, and uh, she was just as wonderful and fabulous a human being yeah. as she is online. She's and, been on the podcast. Um, she lives probably what, 60, 70 miles from me. And we've never met. <laughs> so you need to come out to Texas, man. I met her in San Antonio. In San Antonio. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Once this, uh, you know, obviously once the travel restrictions lift a little bit, we we definitely have. I think these connections are going to be lasting bonds. I really do. You're right. You hit the nail on the head. How then do we leverage that? How does that take the next step? So when we can start going to meetings together and we can start crossing paths, 
do you have the same that's where i think i have the sense of optimism i think that when we're able to get out from behind the zoom chats and be in a room together and exchange ideas and argue and challenge one another and call things out and give credits and plaudits i i think you know right the pragmatic optimist in me is like that's the rocket fuel uh, yeah no absolutely you're right um once we move past this and we're able to real world interact and I think the sky's the limit, man, there's so, there's so much expertise out there. Holy smokes. And there's so yes. much knowledge. Yeah. Um, you know, I just look, look at your podcast, like the guests you have every week, you know, talking about these different topics. I, I think about that all the time. There's so much that we can leverage, uh, you know, in the real world. That, yeah. Uh, you know, right. what's interesting I, that you I say that though, is the most common email that I get is you need to have this person on or this theme on. You haven't done this one yet. It's not meant as a criticism. It's dude, you've got to keep exploring this ecosystem. You're not done yet. I'm like, I know I'm trying. There's only so many days in the week, <laughs> but that's the part that's so exciting. That is by far the most common email I get is what about this person? What about this topic? You haven't done this yet. I'm 200 plus episodes deep. We're not also here right. to talk about explore the space. We're here to talk about you because you are the bard of med Twitter. <laughs> and you're going to help us understand what we're going through. What other fuels are there? When you think about the things that are going to make it where one becomes 10 becomes a hundred, what else is there for you? Uh, you, you mean in terms of us moving forward as medicine, as a profession or me personally, or you choose, they're both awesome. And I want both. So you, you go, you choose. <laughs> No, I think um, for for me personally, moving forward, I, I I think it's the same thing that 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 you you're talking about in terms of just exploring and expanding these connections. When I write, it's a it's a deeply personal thing. I mean, the fact it's it's actually kind of funny. The irony is lost in me that, that I'm posting it to a Twitter account, you know, where everybody can read it, but it's it's a process that's usually done in solitude. And usually done with um, a lot of introspection. Uh, I'm excited to get out of that process a little bit and to connect more with people in that process. And uh, I think that's a place I really want to explore the space, so to speak, is to take my writing process and and just evolve it a little bit and and explore these themes, explore these universal themes that connect us through different lenses and and. Uh, see where it takes me. I, I think that uh, this intensely solitary kind of cut off process that I've honed during this past year, it, it's gotten a little stagnant at this point. You might've noticed that my frequency of writing has slowed down quite a bit. Part of that is a hospital is just killing me right now. But part of it is also that the process is starting to, I can feel the wheels aren't moving as smoothly as it used to. And I think part of that is you need novelty, you know, you need to grow and you need to get out of stagnant cycles. And I think that's one place I'm looking to break out. Um, I, I think that, and the same that thing is with a, medicine. Yeah. I think, I think that we're, we're, we're right in the cusp of, of, uh, the rocket fuel you talked about. I think there's so many places where it feels like we're about to take a huge step forward and we're entering a period of rebirth. It's so funny that you picked for the one for yourself, this idea of solitude, because I think mm. that everyone that's listening to this is, is their head is nodding and there's that rueful, like, yes, 
There's yeah. that, even though we're on Zoom and we're on Twitter, it's not the same. You know, it's I, not. I had that Twitter thread a couple of weeks ago that got some attention about the just that lonely feeling of being in the COVID unit for, for people that are admitted there. And what happens when they get to go home and what happens when they get sick. And I think everyone has that sense of even though we're looking at each other, we are not connected in the way that is meaningful to the human experience. And it's so interesting that the greatness of your writing is informed by that solitude because when it's not there anymore, I, I cannot begin to conceive of what you're going to write. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. And, and you know, the, the, the thing about the solitude and the thing about COVID too, and this is often a tangent a little bit here, but you know, it's not like we've had a giant shared experience as a society because everyone's experience has been different. You know, I think part of the reason your thread resonated so much, besides obviously it was really well written, was that um, it gave people a glimpse into your world. I think that COVID-19 has been experienced in so many different ways by this country. You know, um, the people who are on the front lines, the people who are going into those units, the people who never see a single person, you know, get seriously sick and think that this is all part of some sort of you know, uh, mind control thing. Um, people who, you know, we're, I'm very privileged to be able to be having this talk with you and not worry about a roof over my head. People who are losing everything, jobs, the spectrum of experiences within COVID-19 is so vast that, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I, it's part of the reason that there's this fractured, disconnected feeling is uh, it's not just the lack of connection. It's the lack of shared experience, too, I think. All of those things that you list, they all kind of triggered that same feeling in me. And they all made me feel kind of angry, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. And one mm -hmm. of the things that we're going to have to do, and as I'm thinking this through on the fly, I think one of the other things that will be a rocket fuel is figuring out what to do with all that anger. Right. Um, you know, there was and that... You know, th it's funny you say that because that's what my next thread is really about. Oh, really? Oh, wow. It's really about anger because as I was trying to figure out what I'm feeling and yeah. you know, on the cusp of getting this vaccine, it's a combination of, of grief and, and sorrow and anger. Yeah. And I was surprised by how much anger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I'm really angry and I haven't really thought about it, but I've been carrying it around every day. And totally. it's just not that's getting. And I thought it was that I was sad or that I was sorrowful. But you're right, man. I'm, I'm angry. And totally. I think uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That audio clip of a very, very, very famous A-list actor has made the rounds for the last 48 hours. It conflates right. with the A-list actor and this person's very checkered and strange history. There's a lot in there. But – one of the things about it that resonates is that this person is so angry and that anger is just ripping out. There was something about that, that it was at least an acknowledgement that like people are getting this angry who are asking people to do the right behaviors. We've seen people doing behaviors that we know are detrimental to both individual and the public health roaring and yelling and screaming and threatening. This was the other. This was put your masks back on. What are you doing? Do you not see how much is at stake here? Right. I don't want to yell and scream like that, but I also know where it comes from. Yeah, it sort of felt good to hear it, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, it felt it felt cathartic in a weird, yeah, in a weird way. I mean, you know, obviously discounting what 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 that person has done in their past a little bit there, but. The actual sentiment being expressed, yeah, um, it felt good to hear that anger. And it also shows where 
what a remove we are at where we feel like we can't for whatever reason, right? There is tremendous privilege in being able to go off like that and not face repercussions. And I think that's, that's part of the, that's part of the pushback that it received um, is like, you know, this person can get away with that. If you were to do that in the hospital, you would face sanction and pro and rightly so. But just, yeah, but I mean, there's some there's some physicians who've lost their jobs for telling the truth yeah. about PPE, you know, and yeah. things like that. Yeah. I'm not even anywhere near that level. I know, I know. And when we when physicians go on TV, you know, it's people that we know, you know, first, second, third degree. Part of them will probably wants to just let it fly, knowing that the you know the producer would cut away. And I'm sorry, we're having audio <laughs> problems with their Zoom. But man, we're gonna have to figure out what to do with the anger in a healthy way. Right. You're right. It has to be channeled. So what are we going to do? <laughs> I am going. <laughs> I'm, I'm a storyteller, Mark. You, I know. You know, I'll, I'll write all about anger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to ride my Peloton really it. hard. Yeah, I, I no, I, I think, you know, uh, you're actually with with the with the drive during the election and. You know, the, the way people get were galvanized to vote and to get I think that's a way to harness anger is to is to channel it into meaningful change yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, find uh, vehicles for that change, find people we believe in, find ideas we believe in and use them so that, um, you know, use the anger, I mean, so that we can we can. Uh, affect change so that the stuff that's making us angry, we can deal with it. You know, we can get at the root issues and and find a way to address it. Now, there's some things that make me angry that honestly, Mark, I, I don't think are going to change. Um, yeah, there's a scientific literacy problem in America that I don't know how to make that better. That's generational <laughs> That's, work, no question. It is so vast that yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not something that we're going to have a solution to no. um, anytime quickly. But no. Uh, no. yeah, I think in, in, in the big picture, we got to take this anger and make something happen with it. It's one of the things that I like about the way you write is that it is so accessible. And I know you have many, many thousands of followers on social media. And I would posit that the majority of them are not in medicine because you look good. Writing is good writing. If you were to, you know, really put down a hammer in one of these threads, it would, it would resonate. It it would get out there. Do you feel a sense of restraint or responsibility? Do you feel, do you feel like you want to do something like that? Does it not? I mean, you've got to be yourself. You've got to be authentic. Where would that fit right. in terms of saying, okay, my next thread is going to be me really without, you know, not putting it in the future or in the past, putting it in the now, putting it right there in front of people. This is, this is where I am today. Would that feel right, right or, or useful? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a good point. I, I try to reach people um, in, in pretty much every thread I write. Yeah. And when, when I'm trying to affect change, Mark, the place I start is I want to affect change through the vehicle of empathy. I want people to want to change behaviors or change the way they see things because they suddenly understand to, cer- to a certain degree what that means and what the human cost is. And so I'm not very good in my threads at necessarily putting down a hammer, so to speak, and, and going off because on some level, I don't think that that's 
as effective because when people are scrolling through a thread on Twitter, you know, some people are very good at ranting. <laughs> some people are great at it and it's engaging. Uh, for me, I'm, it's not a, you know, I'm, I'm not a loud person in general. I'm not a, um, a, a ranty kind of person. Um, it's, it's not my forte. Uh, I do get close sometimes. There, there's some threads where you can clearly hear my voice in there and I'm frustrated. Those and, are the ones uh, where I text you immediately after I've read it. I, yeah, al- I exactly. always know. I, I, I get a text from you. You know, my parents read all my threads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I usually get a phone call from my mom. <laughs> Are you okay? You know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, as far as, as, as really putting the hammer down, I think this next thread I'm writing is as close as I'll come, where I, I basically ask some pointed questions. But, I, you know, I treat my readers with respect in the sense that I, I assume that they're able to, you know, obviously think critically and I give their, I respect their intelligence. And that's how I generally talk to them is, is I try to come at it from a humanistic standpoint. Honestly, I think there are people much better qualified than me with much better credentials and much better uh, posts or whatever to talk to them about laying the hammer down about this, this, and this in terms of data and science and everything. But if I'm going to reach somebody, I know my niche and it's uh, connecting with people. I could not agree more. I will put the hard cosign on that. And here's why you're playing to your strengths. I I think it would not come across as authentic at this point, not to say that you shouldn't express yourself in the way that you want to, but where it sits right now, you give people that different note, right? If if people want to get hammered, they can find the thread that's going to hammer them. Finding right. the thread that connects at that human level that demonstrates empathy, that tries to educate in a way that's not maybe perceived as being condescending. These are strengths of yours. And I think that that's why it, your work resonates. And I think that's why some of them really stick out like, wow, this is this one is something. Let's do a Let's just check in on our on our buddy here. And make sure he's OK. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, some of them. It's interesting, uh, you know, Mark, the writing process is so many different things. Some of them, when I finish, it's like a giant load off my shoulders and it's very cathartic. And some of them, when I finish, I'm just sort of exhausted and uh, I don't want to write anymore and I don't want to interact with people or feel anything. I just want to shut down. But yeah, uh, I appreciate you reaching out. <laughs> you, it's, you have a pretty good nose for knowing uh, which ones I'm pretty keyed up about. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess it, it comes through in the writing. And then there's somewhere I'll use that quote from the first season of True Detective, which I will be the first to acknowledge is a weird season of TV to ever quote at somebody. But there's that great <laughs> line from McConaughey to Harrelson where Harrelson cracks the case and McConaughey's just staring and he just goes, fuck you, man. <laughs> just. I love sending that one to you in a text message. It's just the best. Like, oh you know, my you know, gosh! The first time you said that to me, with yeah. no context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like, hey, wait a minute. And then I think I I'm sent like, you. What did I do? Yeah, and then I sent you the clip. And you're like, oh, okay. But it's it's yeah, just he's just it. like it's that like look of awe of like this person is so good and boy was that impactful <laughs> and I just I love it I loved it yeah and by the way that reminds me we have to get our uh, our film and TV podcast rolling. oh that's mandatory I actually that have I have an idea about that that you and I are going to discuss offline because it's a good idea okay <laughs> 
we're gonna we're gonna move towards the end. You and I could do a five parter, uh, but I do want to be respectful of your time, everyone's time. That we're all just doing things in bite size right now. We're all processing right. what we have been through and continue to go through. Do you have things that you would convey to someone who is in that searching phase, just to help them? Like you said earlier, right? One step at a time, one day at a time. Not platitudes. Like really, that is the work. How do you guide them? How do you kind of give them? that sip a Gatorade so that they can take the next step. And yes, that was totally a plug because you're a nephrologist. <laughs> oh boy, it's got electrolytes. Right? It was invented by a nephrologist. Come on. <laughs> I would tell them that, look, we're, we're, we're so close to the finish line at this point in terms of we have a vaccine. It's rolling out. Uh, we still have to be so careful because even though there's this light at the end of the tunnel, we are actually – Technically, by all numerical indices, we're in the darkest part of the tunnel right now, and it's it's probably going to get darker. But, hey, you know, that part of it is around the corner. We just got to, like you said, take things one step at a time, be diligent, stick to the routines that we know work, the distancing, the, the, the mass, stick to this routine that we've developed, that we've honed. Just be be disciplined and kind of power through this last phase. And then, uh, you know, we're all going to we're going to come out the other side. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of people who won't. There's going to be a lot of people with long term uh, issues, health issues, uh, people who've lost loved ones. I mean, there's there's going to be a very real toll to this. It's not like we're going to come out of the tunnel on the other side in a brand new train that's, you know, speeding down brand new tracks. I mean, I don't think we have any idea of of what we're going to be dealing with down the road. We really can't comprehend it at this point. No. But I know that it doesn't exactly lift someone's spirits. But what I would tell them is, look, we're so close. Yeah. Uh, just just you know, find that, and and that it's a network you talked about too. There there are other people going through a similar experience to what you're going through. Not identical, but they're out there, and you can reach out. And I'm available. My DMs are open. You know. Which, by the way, I'm, I really apologize to everybody who's messaged me and I didn't answer because I just realized that they're a separate button for DMs from people you don't know. <laughs> and so I have a lot of replying to do. So up but there's a lot of there's a lot of wonderful people out there and uh, you can reach out and we're all in it together. You know, I, I think that that's a great summation. And. You know, we're going to be reckoning with a lot and it's going to take us a long time and we will have to do it together. We're going to have to break out of that solitude to do it. Right. You're the bard of med Twitter, the bard of hashtag med Twitter. How do people find you? How do they find your work? Well, um, I'm at uh, at the real Dr. T. There is uh, a couple of things I've written in on medium.com and I made a website about a year ago. <laughs> it's still not. I remember asking you if I should tell people about it. And you were like, why don't you wait till it goes live? And like, here we are a year later <laughs> through the pandemic and I still haven't finished it up. It'll be ready but, when it's uh, ready, man. There you go. There yeah. you go. You know, the, if you go to my Twitter account, my pinned tweet is actually a thread of collection of some of my, my better threads. And so you're, if you want to figure out what my writing's like, you're welcome to go there. Yeah. That's, that's where you find me. What a treat, man. Thank you. Thank you for helping us start to come to grips with this absolutely unprecedented and difficult and, and just extraordinary in all respects year. And thanks for thanks for being my friend. And thanks for sharing the journey with all of us, man. This was amazing. 
Thanks, Mark. It's such, it is really, I'm so geeked out right now. It's such a privilege to be here. And thanks for keeping us all sane and all connected and bringing on these wonderful guests, you know, week after week. You know, you're, I don't know how you do it, man. Your output is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've got writer's block and I'm trying to get, come up with a thread every now and then. And you just keep turning out these amazing shows. So, you know, I think if you as a foundational account here in Med Twitter, I think everybody, you know, if they want to know what Med Twitter is about, you're, probably the first person I'm going to point him to. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so glad, man. It was a long time coming. I've known you for what now, like a year and a half, two years, three yeah, years. Yeah. But yeah, thank you. This was great, man. Thank you so much. We'll see your next thread is coming soon. Take care of yourself and we will, uh, we'll pick up where we left off and it'll be 2021. I can't wait. My thanks once again to Dr. Syed Tabatabai for joining us on this episode of Explore the Space Podcast. And thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. And finally, thanks so much to you for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. We're going to be covering some great and powerful and challenging stuff over these next few weeks as we get ready to turn our calendars over. I hope you have enjoyed part one of the sequence that we're going to be doing. The next episode will be coming soon. Definitely subscribe to Explore the Space wherever you like to download your podcasts. In the meantime, wear your masks, maintain physical distancing, wash your hands, and we will see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.